In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Talking today about the secret ingredient to success that we often don't like talking about. And so I'm hopefully intriguing you with that introduction there. But before I do, a couple of really quick announcements, Nicole. If you're listening to this on the day that it drops, you have one week left to get your Pelvicon recording at the early bird discount. So you can go to pelvicon.com slash recording. Hopefully you have heard some of the interviews we've had with amazing leaders and trailblazers in the field already. Make sure you are paying attention to Monday's podcast with Michelle Lyons. That will be the last one of our speaker series. And that one is not to be missed. You guys had a great clinical conversation on that one, Nicole. I can't wait for people to hear it. But make sure that you are, if they're not able to come and join us in Atlanta, either because it just didn't work out this year or because tickets were sold out, you can still get access to all 15 topics, all incredible eight speakers, the Pelvicon manual that you can download, all of that stuff. Any one of the talks, honestly, Nicole, I feel like is worth the price of the entire recording and you're getting 15 of them. Totally. This is like kind of a no-brainer. And also, it is pre-approved for Georgia CEUs, which means that your state might be eligible for CEUs for it as well. So 14.25 of those babies. Yes. So, Nicole, let's talk then about, really, this comes down to time and longevity. This is the secret to success that nobody wants to talk about. It is not sexy. It's not fun. It's not what bullshit marketing promises you, overnight success. But it is the truth. And so we thought we wanted to discuss it a little bit on that. And really, as we were thinking about it, and we think about this obviously pretty deeply with our accelerator group who's going through that business side, but this is true for clinicians as well. Success is good habits times time. It can kind of be boiled down to that, right? Totally. And I think that, you know, a lot of us, especially in the age of social media, you know, we've talked a lot about the positives of being on social media, but as a consumer of social media, this is where y'all forget that the people that you may be comparing yourself to in terms of success, you don't know their amount of time that they've put in. And the reality is that the people that you see that are the most successful are very likely the people that have been in the game the longest. So if you look at what we've created at Pelvic Sanity, it's up to 10 employees now. We've got a huge space of 10 treatment rooms, all of that. But we've been in practice for almost eight years, seven and a half years. I was a clinician in Orange County for 10 years, building a name for myself in that way. And so I think that, you know, if you think about like how much time we've put in, It's been a shit ton, quite frankly. And it's also been 
multiplied by Jesse's time. So the fact that we've grown it to be that and we've sustained that level of growth for that long, it's because of time. It's not because we're this amazing special. We're like not like super duper crazy special. I mean, we're smart people. We didn't have kids at the time, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, there's no secret sauce there. It's just mostly time. Between the two of us, 15 years of work, right? And you multiply that by the fact that we did have good habits and worked hard and tried to focus on the right things and all of that. But ultimately, the the secret sauce, like you said, Nicole, is time. And I think we can see this in a lot of different areas. And if we don't recognize this, I think what happens is that people either get really frustrated and burned out and give up. Or they start to squirrel to a whole bunch of different things and they ensure that they're never going to be successful because they try. And you guys, if for on a business side, you guys might be in this category, I'm going to really buckle down and focus and I'm going to put out something every single day on social media. And that lasts for two weeks and then it gets hard and then you stop and it didn't work and you didn't get somebody in the door right away. So now it's time to move on to the next thing. Right. And in the clinic, you know what that can look like as a clinician? It can look like binge watching con ed courses and then thinking that the next person that you're going to get come in is going to get cured immediately with all these new skills you learned. And then they come in, they're in a flare and you're like, I suck. This is terrible. I need to do another con ed course. It's like, because you haven't spent the time implementing the things that you learned with these con ed courses. It's all about good habits over a period of time. That's a good point, Nicole. Dive a little bit more into that for me, if you would. I mean, is that where you would say things like symptom chasing fall into as well, when you're just kind of, you're not dedicating the time to get to the root why and give yourself time to change it. And sometimes that might be in it because you have insurance limitations, because you feel like you have to get somebody out the door. But at the end of the day, We talked about this in a recent podcast, and I think Michelle's going to talk about it in her interview next week, but the gift of time with patients, it takes time for lasting change to happen for our patients, and yet we somehow assume that that's going to happen overnight for us. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you can look at it in a couple different ways. You can look at it in terms of patient outcomes takes time. I think that the learning pattern recognition in our own clinical practice takes time. I think that implementing something that you learn in a continuing education course takes time. You can't just watch one thing and be like, oh, I'm going to be an expert at that now. It takes discipline and good habits to implement those types of things into your practice. And then it you need reps. You need time in order to do that. That's the same thing in business when people are like, I suck on the phone. I, I'm so uncomfortable answering the phone. I'm just going to get an admin. And it's like, well, that's you know, that's fine. And in fact, a lot of times that is a good answer to look to seek something, seek another person to help you out. But also, it's not a bad idea for you to get good at it and do that for a little bit longer of a period of time so that you can be a better trainer when someone comes in and you can understand the job a little bit better. I think that so often we start to short circuit that time component and then that leads us down to have solidified some bad habits. And now your equation, if we're thinking about success equals good habits times time or plus time, is now the equation is like screwed up big time. Right, because you've allowed your impatience or your outsized expectations, and sometimes those are dictated by social media or other areas or people who are marketing to you, whatever that is, 
but you're allowing that to short circuit your good habits. Because really, there's not a ton of incredible secrets. And anybody trying to sell you an overnight success or, you know, we, we asked you guys at one point to send us in some of the worst marketing things that you guys had seen, and they are pretty hilarious. Hey, do this program and you'll have 87 new leads by the end of the month, guaranteed. And it's just like, just such nonsense when people do that because they are trying to sell you this overnight success thing. I mean, this is the reason that, the Pelvic Business Accelerator is a six-month program, Nicole. We're not pretending that you're going to make changes overnight. Yes, some of the lessons we've implemented, people have had like pretty dramatic results, and it's only been the first six, eight weeks. But that's not, A, that's not for everybody, and B, that's not going to be sustainable unless we actually build those good habits. And to promise people overnight success is, is just nonsense. And quite frankly, we struggled a little bit with how long we were going to make the accelerator program. We wanted to do it longer. And so we played around with how short can it be to really be able to promise anything. And we really felt like six months was the minimum amount of time to be able to really promise any sort of result. And, you know, I think the most stupid thing I've seen recently is like, oh, you don't even need to have an online audience. You can make a million dollars selling a course. <laughs> like, that is an absolutely ludicrous statement. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But to Jesse's point that all of those stupid marketing ploys are preying on your guys's inability to want to stay in this longevity mindset that it is going to take time and it's okay if I don't have immediate success and I still need to make sure that I have a process-driven goal of building good habits to build that foundation so that the longer that I do it, the more I'm going to win the game. Yes. So let me give you some examples in different areas and then we're going to have some ideas for you guys to stay in the game long enough to win it. Because what we see so often are people who are quitting at the end of the first quarter and wondering why they ended up losing the game. It's like, well, you'd have a much better chance of winning if you played the whole thing, <laughs> right? These are the folks. And, and if you guys feel this, I mean, you are definitely not alone. Or, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. Then you do six episodes and you realize that it gets really hard to do a podcast every single week. I think the average number of episodes in a given podcast is about seven because that's when people start to realize it's difficult. Or I'm going to do all of this time and stuff on social media and I'm going to do all of that. Or I'm going to go and meet with these practitioners and then that doesn't come to fruition. Okay, great. Well, now I need to change my strategy there. That clearly didn't work. I spent a whole month doing that. It's like, man, spend a whole year doing that and then tell me it doesn't work because I can guarantee you if you put effort into the right things for a year, you're going to see some major differences here. So Nicole had already talked about this a little bit clinically, but we see that when, you know, oh, you get really excited and you go take a bunch of Con Ed right at the very beginning and then kind of that's it. It just peters out. You're, the excitement fades and you're not investing in continuing to learn over your the course of your career. Yeah. Another example about this is if somebody that is switching jobs all the time, and I know that there is a little bit of a generational difference. I know that no one's you know in this sort of new generation stays at a job for 20, 30 years anymore. I get it. But at the same time, there is a advantage sometimes to staying somewhere for a longer period of time. And I'm talking two plus years at a job so that you can start to the bear the fruits of your labor and build those good habits at a facility that is serving you and serving patients. Because the second that you get frustrated 
and decide to jump ship, now you're going to have to start all over again with learning the process and learning the facility and all that stuff. So I'm not saying stay in a bad job if you don't love it, but I am saying that that sometimes longevity can fix a lot of things that you think is a problem with something else. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's on the clinical side because we talk a lot about financials with our mentees and the folks in the accelerator group. This is what personal financial success absolutely is. It's good habits times time. Are you investing? Are you taking advantage of your 401k or putting money into a tax-advantaged Roth IRA, whatever that is, multiplied by time? And you see the opposite of that are people who are falling for MLM scams or pyramid schemes or putting all their money in crypto, crypto. right? <laughs> Um, We're going to Vegas and just putting all the money on black. Yeah, you might as well do it 42 black, right? That's the opposite. That's like, oh, I want to get rich quick. And that is not the way to sustainable long-term success. And then we talk about this for business is, is really clear is actually staying the course, building some of these habits instead of jumping to whatever the new marketing fad is, or just thinking if I could get people through the door, or maybe if I offer this discount, or maybe if I offer this package, or maybe there's something magical out there. I feel like this is like the magic approach, that there's some magical formula out there. And if only I could find it, my life would be easy. If only I could find this magic approach and my life would be easy. And marketers make a lot of money selling you that. But is it really true when you actually say it out loud? Wow, if I just found this one approach, my life would be so easy. Well, we've been looking for it for 15 years. Cumulatively, guys, there is not an easy way to build a business. It is going to be blood, sweat, and tears multiplied by time. So if we recognize that, if we recognize that equation, that success is good habits times time, and I was like, Nicole, there's got to be like an efficiency coefficient. We multiply everything by. She's like, I don't know if we can get into that that much. I was like, our people are nerds. Yeah. And so I think you are going to explain I? it. I guess, Jesse. If, well, I think you actually should. Because one of the things that this is the genesis of this, I was like, so if someone's like not good at something, if someone's doing a good habit and then you actually aren't doing something very well or efficient, do we still feel like that would somebody that would be successful? And Jesse was like, yes, but... So explain what you mean by this efficiency coefficient, because that's the genesis of this nerdy made-up equation. Because we were like, oh, good <laughs> habits times time is, is generally accurate, but it is a little bit overly simplistic. Because you could have good habits in doing things that aren't the most efficient way, especially when we're talking about business. Good habits in doing things that maybe aren't the most efficient thing that you're doing. So you know, if you want to be working with a Medicare population and your good habit is getting on Snapchat all the time to post about stuff, eh, I mean, will you have success? I actually believe you will eventually, but not on Snapchat. Maybe not on Snapchat. <laughs> what are you talking rough, about? rough example. Well, eventually, people <laughs> eventually people on Medicare are going to be on Snapchat. You just got to wait thirty years, right? Multiplied by time. Okay, <laughs> that's too much time. Don't recommend that. But we wanted an efficiency coefficient around that, so. If you're really focusing on the right things or you're focusing on things that you're good at, a lot of times that can be a, have a multiplying effect on the skills that you have on those good habits. If you are, and that's really where like business coaching comes in. So we were talking about that a little bit too. It's like, where are we influencing this? And a lot of times it's that efficiency coefficient. If you guys hate math and are totally gone, I'm just going to, I'll make this short. But basically you could imagine if you're being super inefficient with your time or focusing on the wrong things or focusing on things that you're not really good at, maybe you have to multiply that good habits times time 
by a really small efficiency coefficient, like 0.1. That means it's going to be 10 times harder for you to build something. Now, can you do it? Absolutely. But you're really brute forcing it. Now, if you're highly efficient and you're working on the right things and you're working on things that you're good at and you're putting your, your focus where it should be, that's a really high efficiency coefficient. So now you're multiplying it by one. Great. You're getting all of the benefit of your good habits and the time you're investing because you're being efficient and intelligent and focused on where you're putting that energy. Does that make sense? I think it does. Guys, write in and tell me if this was like way too nerdy, get out of here, or you're picking up what I'm putting down. But I do uh, think that adds a little bit. Be careful what you say, because I feel like if you say, oh, that totally made sense to me, Jesse's going to come up with all kinds of other equations and efficiency coefficients and divide by zero equals infinity, whatever the hell else you're going to come up with. Asymptotes. We're going to talk about <laughs> asymptotes, guys, on the podcast. But no, so that is our true equation is success is good habits times time multiplied by your efficiency coefficient. But if we accept that premise, then I think it really leads to three conclusions. Like, what does this actually mean for you guys? How do you make this relevant for you? And I think number one, Nicole, is just taking care of yourself. Yeah, I do believe that and becoming self-aware and starting to think about what you're good at, what's going to be sustainable for you. Because again, if we take the premise that this is going to take a long time, then now it's not about how quickly you can do something, it's how long you can do something for. And realistic goals around that, sustainability, what's actually going to make. So I'd much rather have someone commit to me that they're going to post something two times a week than every day if we know that that's something that's going to be sustained over a longer period of time. And then, I mean, just Self-care wise, if you know that being on social media is something that you need to do for business, do you need to cut some of that personal social media time? Do we need to build in other ways? Do we need to time block that so that you don't start to have it bleed over into your family time, for instance? I mean, there's some other things that you need to take care of so that those things are going to be taking care of yourself because we know that they're going to be here to stay. Investing in self-care always comes high on this list for me. And especially for you guys as clinicians who have a physically demanding job, are you taking the time? Nicole talks to our staff a ton about body mechanics and making sure that everything is right so that you can have a long, healthy career. Are you making sure to go out and get a massage or acupuncture or mental health therapy or whatever you feel like is going to be the most important thing for you? To me, that is such an investment in the longevity and the sustainability of your career. You know, would I rather that you worked 50 hours a week and just really made a whole bunch of money for the first two or three years of your career and then realize that you're burned out and that your wrists hurt and that your back is giving you a hard time and now you're having it cut down to 20 hours a week? Or would it have been better to just do something sustainable from the beginning? Hey, I'm going to work consistently 35 hours a week and I'm going to invest some time and some money in self-care. And this also goes a little bit too to, I know there's a lot of you guys that are these people that take con ed courses all the time. And and as somebody who actually creates courses, and I want you to take some of my courses, like I also want you to think about is, is your goal to take 15 con ed courses? Is that really something that is taking care of yourself with? If you're feeling overwhelmed at the amount of things that you have to quote unquote, have to go through because you decided you're going to purchase a ton of things, 
And then now you're all stressed out because you don't have the time to do that. Is that really taking care of yourself? No. And that's not helping your patients either. So there are some things that if you know that you're going to have to be, you're committing to being a lifelong learner, learning over a period of time, then you can choose Con Ed wisely. That's going to be enhancing what your knowledge deficits now, that you have time to implement the things and not binge watching 15 different Con Ed courses and finishing nothing. Or not being able to implement them when you get in. I think that's a great point, Nicole, because if you actually think about that and you plan on having a long view of your career, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute here. But if you're planning on a 20, 30 year career in this field and you say, hey, if I commit to two continuing ed courses every single year for 20 years, that's massive, right? That is a huge change in your career. That's 40 different courses that you're taking instead of trying to pile those into one year or doing eight in a year and then being so tired and sick of them that you don't want to do anything else. So number two is just focus on building great habits. And this is one of the things we talk about this in kind of the experience myth in as clinicians. But if you don't have great habits, then time doesn't do you any good. All you're doing is practicing bad shit. So make sure that you've got good habits. Make sure that you're structuring your evaluations, that you're progressing your patient through this, that you're you know, doing all the stuff that Nicole talks about in the essentials. But those are the great habits that are going to build, and those are both physical and mental habits, by the way, that are going to build what you're doing. So make sure that if, there, you know, if success is good habits times time, you have to have the good habits in there. And you have to be really disciplined about developing those so that time starts to work in your favor. Because if you've got bad habits, I mean, t- we talk about finances, Nicole, like if you've got bad habits with finances, it doesn't matter how long you've got, you're still not going to be where you want to be financially. Yeah. And I think, you know, the build great habits part, how it can work in business. The thing that we see kind of a lot is is someone will think like, oh, I'm not being not as successful. I need to hurry up and go meet with 20 practitioners or something. And then you end up meeting with five all in one big bolus. And then you don't do it again for a long time. But if you take the long view, like we'll talk here in a second, and you are working on building great habits, how can we be building in a habit that we're reaching out very consistently to a smaller number of people so that over the course of a year, you've met with one person per week, and that's 52 practitioners versus doing 20 all at one time and then wondering why you're in some sort of a huge, you know, marketing roller coaster. Building great habits again multiplied by time is where you're going to have the most success. And then Nicole mentioned it already, but taking the long view is our third thing for you. So the first one was take care of yourself. Number 2 is build great habits and then number 3 is take the long view. And this is one of the other things that I feel like for us when we get coaching, this is what we're paying for a lot of times is that perspective, that long view, because it's hard when you're in it to be able to take that long view. I'll give you an example. We've had some of our people in our mentorship stuff say, oh, you know, I don't know if I could take a two-week vacation. My business has only been open for a year. And we absolutely felt that way. We've, we've talked about it on this podcast before that we were really pretty terrible about being deliberate about enjoying things as we were building public sanity. And now looking back with that perspective, we're telling that person, yeah, go on that vacation. Why don't you add a couple extra days? You're already in Italy. Greece is right there, right? Because we have that perspective now, having been doing this for seven years, having worked with almost 400 businesses to help them grow. 
you're not going to look back in 10 years and be like, you know what? The reason that my business isn't where I want it to be because I spent an extra four days on vacation 10 years ago, right? That actually sounds pretty ludicrous when you think about it. The same thing we've had with a lot of people go through maternity leave and people feeling like they have to get right back after maternity leave. And we're always saying like, wait, hold on a second. Especially now after I've been like, whoa. <laughs> right? What do you want your maternity leave to look like? Forget the business for a second. We'll make that work. But what do you actually want your maternity leave to look like? Because when you look back in 10 years, you're going to remember that time you were able to spend bonding with your kid. You're not going to remember, oh my gosh, it was so critical that I got back out there six weeks after delivery so that I could get in a couple of patients that first week. It's like, that's not going to matter if you take the long view. And so many times, especially as newer business owners, but even people who've been in business for a long time, we can still fall into this, is getting hyper-focused on what's going on right now and not being able to step back and take that long view and say, is this something that's going to matter to me in 10 years? And if the answer is no, it gives us a little bit of permission to stop worrying about it. Yeah, this is a huge mindset shift for people because you've been in a, talking about building great habits, you've been in the bad habit of looking at things in too much of a short-term view. So this is why we put this as its own number three of here of how do we do this better is that it is a mindset shift to take the long view on things and ask yourself these probing questions and make yourself answer them honestly. And that is how you're going to do that. So- if success is good habits times time, give yourself that gift of time. Give yourself the longevity, the sustainability, whether it's as a clinician, whether it's in your personal finances, whether it's in business. I think this is very applicable across all of those. And I think in our fast-paced world, in our social media-influenced world, we want everything to happen right now. And I will tell you, especially as for business owners, your growth is never the exact way that you want it. Either it's too slow and you feel like you should be growing faster or it is way too fast. Public Sanity, we've hired seven employees in the last two and a half months. We are tired of training and onboarding and all of the different things, guys. I can tell you that. But there's been other periods of the business where you're not finding the right folks and you feel like it's a stagnant six months. And so it's never going to feel comfortable. It's never going to feel perfect. There's always going to be some push and pull with that. But we really want to just help you step back and take that longer view and realize the importance of time. It is really just good habits multiplied by time. Plus your nerdy co efficiency coefficient. Plus, which... plus the efficiency coefficient, <laughs> which we're still looking for a Greek letter to represent. So if you guys have suggestions, throw that in for like us. lambda. A little lambda? A little lambda? We'll see. Okay, we'll take a look, guys. <laughs> uh, but I hope this has been helpful. If you guys are feeling a little frustrated or that things aren't happening as quickly as you would like and turning from one thing to the other very quickly, just be thinking about how am I setting myself up for sustainable growth? This is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And so make sure that you are taking care of yourself, that you're building those great habits, and that you're taking that long view to take advantage of multiplying this all by time. So I hope that has been helpful for you, whether you're a clinician, a business owner, reach out, let us know. Again, if you are interested in those PelvicCon recordings, you've got a week left. Make sure you don't miss out on that early bird discount. You can head to pelvicon.com slash recording. As always, we would love to hear from you guys. Shoot Nicole a DM, send us a message. We would love to hear from you. We want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.